welcome to Mix Understood, where we explore identity, the meaning of the word race, and talk about the multicultural and multiracial experience with stories from our own lives. I'm Amy. And I'm Hannah Lee. And in today's episode, we are continuing to explore the experience of working as an actor in TV and film and theater through the lens of being mixed, not only in the industry over here in America, but also across the pond in the UK. We have a very special guest chatting to us from England. Welcome, Majid Medizadeh Valijerdi. It's like I'd really think about changing your name because you're going to really you're going to confuse casting directors. They're going to expect one thing, and then you're going to walk through the door. I would still feel like a fraud if I was to play an Iranian part where I'd have to speak fast because I'm like, yeah. but I'm not. But I'm not yeah, Iranian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I am. I know that I'm half Iranian, but I can play British parts all day long. I don't think I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like that about about being, as an actor. I don't feel like that. Yeah. Before we dive into the episode, it's important for us to say that we are here to offer up stories, ideas and various theories for you to consider and, of course, decide for yourself in light of your own knowledge and experience. We hope to explore, learn and grow together with you. We're not professing to have the answers. Our aim is just to start conversations around these topics. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much, Amy and Hannah Lee. <laughs> Welcome. We're so excited to have you here. Thank um, you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Gosh, six years, seven years since we last saw each other. Yeah, and in a way it doesn't feel that long and it also does feel that long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, lots happened. Yeah, it really has. Um, so just to talk a bit about Madge. Majid is a father and a husband, an actor, theater director, writer, and teacher. Amongst many notable credits, he played the lead role of Albert in War Horse in London's West End. He also wrote and performed his own one-man show, Young Man's Angry Movements, across prestigious theaters in the UK. He played series regular Jesse Donovan on the UK TV show Hollyoaks, which is where him and Amy met. More on that later. At the beginning of July, he finished playing a lead role in the Neil Butte play The Shape of Things at the Park Theatre in London, and he recently wrapped filming on season 14 of Doctor Who. Directing-wise, he made his professional directing debut in July 2022 at the Blue Elephant Theatre, London, where he directed a new play, Give Me the Sun by Mamet Lee. The creative team was made up entirely of Middle Eastern and North African artists. He has taught and directed at RADA, Lippa, Mountview, Drama Studio London, and is now teaching at UEL on their acting for stage and screen course. Three fun facts about Madge. Number one, he has an addiction to the fantasy Premier League game to the point where he sits watching football with a notebook and pen. What is it what? that you're writing? <laughs> what are you writing? <laughs> <laughs> So, so I mean I'm I'm laughing as if I'm embarrassed, but I sent you this fact. So I don't, I don't know why it's like you you put yourself up for this, Madge. Like why are you why are you acting as if you didn't? So basically, I mean I don't want to bore you and everybody else, but it's you kind of pick your players based on stats. 
and like how they look in terms of how they're playing, not how they look as in attractiveness. Um, so, <laughs> That's what yeah. I'd be doing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I really, I can be super, super geeky and sit watching match of the day with my notepad of like who I might put into my team. Um, they have it over in America as well with the NFL, I think a version of it, but obviously soccer is the much superior sport. <laughs> Do you, is it something that you, um, is it something that keeps you up at night? Do you, do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I've definitely spent a few evenings kind of with my head buzzing over who to pick in my team. <laughs> I got really good at it. I, last season wasn't good, but the season before I finished 9,000th out of, out of about 7 million players. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That is good. Yeah. So I did pretty well, but I mean... I put in the time in order to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, how does your wife feel about it? <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> okay, number okay. two. His surname is Madizadi Valijerdi, means son of Mehdi from Valijerd. His grandfather was born in the village of Valijerd in Iran. The population at the last census was just 153 people. That's crazy. So when your granddad was born, yeah. what was it then? And I never met him. Oh, wow. I never met him. Yeah, which maybe we'll get on to, but yeah, yeah, he um he, he's no no longer with us. But yeah, I just I found that fascinating that my surname comes from a village in Iran of 153 people. Mm. Yeah, and have you ever been to that village? I'm no, assuming I've not. Been to, yeah. I've never been to Iran. No. Okay. We'll yes. That yeah. Yeah. We will. Yes. Um. All right. Number three. During his first week of performing in Warhorse. He fell off the stage and his shoe laddered an audience member's tights. The most embarrassing moment of his life. <laughs> um, <laughs> just quickly, yeah. so like, yeah. Did you notice as soon as you did that? Or, or Yeah, I mean, I was quite cocky back in those days. And I was being quite cocky on stage and kind of a bit overzealous. And I had to kind of run around the front of the stage and like taunt the person playing my uncle so I kind of really did it a lot probably too much and then as I backed away I didn't turn around I like backed off and there's like these little lights at the front of the stage I tripped on one of those fell in into the audience into the front row yeah and my shoe obviously <laughs> scraped down this lady's tights oh, no. and I just kind of got back on stage and just it was honestly like I was naked that's how yeah. embarrassed I felt and then um the company manager smoothed it all over and got her free programs and said sorry and all of that stuff I mean, it, couldn't, it was a complete accident but oh my god I know, I know. I've that's never actually funny. fallen off a stage I've fallen on the stage oh really and that was embarrassing enough I was modeling at the time, again, in my younger days. Oh, no. And um, I was wearing these really flared trousers and like really high heels and I was strutting down, right? And then all of a sudden I just went and just <laughs> landed in a pile. Wobbly and ankles. Again, time just totally slowed down and I just, well, I was just completely embarrassed. Mm. Yeah. Hello. I'll share mine. Mine wasn't on stage, mm -hmm. but um, I was in this fancy hotel in Cabo, Mexico. And... Uh, really like feeling great that night. I was wearing this like sexy outfit and I was walking from the outside patio into the hotel and mm -hmm. I was, I could feel eyes on me, you know, and I was just strutting, strutting, strutting. And then I just walked into the glass. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh. And everyone saw it. Oh yeah, no. it was really bad. Yeah. And then I just recovered and 
took a few steps to the side and walked through the entrance. Oh my god, but did you, you must have hurt yourself. A little bit, yeah, I hurt I, my face. I yeah. always feel really sorry for yeah. people who do that, because everyone laughs, but I'm always like, that must be really painful. Yeah, yeah. when you're not expecting it as well. Yeah, massive yeah. shock. And not that you would, why would you expect to walk into glass? <laughs> We both are so excited to be talking to you and as we said we we know each other from before we worked with each other on the tv show hollyoaks in the uk and our overlap time was probably what a year or something like that together yeah. and what i find interesting is that the fact that we're both from mixed backgrounds never actually came up in conversation between the two of us i don't think or was never discussed no i don't think it was no yeah and then when i saw your post on social media about your name change and about some of the things you've been through with regards to being mixed race, without meaning to sound cheesy, it did make me feel like I had a whole new connection with you that mm. was unspoken. And um, yeah, it made me want to reach out to you knowing that we were doing this podcast. And if it's okay, we just want to go back to the post that you put out on social media. Yeah. Sure. Here's a little section from it, if you don't mind. Go for we'll it. Share with everyone. <laughs> I was desperate to be considered fully British, and when this actor said I should change my name, here was the opportunity to get away from my Iranian roots and hide that part of me. And if it meant my career would be better as a result, it was a win-win. And then you go on to say, Luke Jurdy was the name that I chose for the acting industry. I could be British fully, finally, except of course I couldn't. In name and appearance, of course I could, but that's not me. Like my profession, I was pretending to be someone I'm not. I remember the conversation. I remember coming home and saying to my wife, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to change my name." I think I'd I'd had quite a few auditions and I wasn't getting anything. The opportunities I was getting weren't great. It's partly down to the agent that I was with, I think, and. I think it was partly down to me just not fully feeling myself anymore. And I think, I feel like the industry has progressed sufficiently to kind of put myself out there and know that, kind of know that it's going to get a positive response if I explain and articulate myself in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there was a particular audition where I'd done it and I'd got a recall and then, and then it was a no. And I kind of just thought I need a change. And I've, and I've been thinking about it ever since I changed my name back in 2011, when I graduated from drama school, I've thought about changing it back. And I've had lots of conversations with people about, about changing it back. And, and all of you know, all of my friends and family and people that love me have all said, you should be Majid. Like we all know you as Majid. We all know you as Maj. Like you should change your name back. Like what? And it was always like, oh, well, I don't know. Like the industry kind of knows me as Luke, which is just, ridiculous really because it's like I'm not even if I was really you know even if I was a list I could still change it and you know it wouldn't matter necessarily you're still the same yeah. person ish so so yeah I just kind of yeah came home one day I was probably quite soon after that rejection from that recall um and I just said to my wife I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change my name back and I and she was like yeah brilliant do it um and then spoke to my agent at the time about it and they were really positive as well um and said like I think you should I've been thinking you should do it and then yeah it was actually writing that post it all just kind of 
kind of came out um, rather than it being too planned. And I think that happens quite a lot where you haven't fully considered how it's made you feel. And then once I wrote it and kind of put it out there and then changed my name on Spotlight and it all kind of happened, I felt really, really quite emotional about it and quite, um, it felt really freeing and it felt the overwhelming response was, all of it were 100% positive um, from people on Instagram and friends and family and the industry as well. And then the first self-tape that I did as Majid was Doctor Who, which I got. And I kind of felt just so much more like me and so much more confident and so much more free, really, as an actor Mm -hmm. to do the best job. And I don't know if that's linked. I think it probably is. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then it's kind of on one of those nice streaks as an actor where you get these little periods of time where everything kind of goes for you a little bit. And I feel like I'm on, on one of those at the moment, which is just wonderful to be on. Mm. And, you know, as as we all know, as all three of us know, that can stop very quickly. Um, but I feel like it's completely linked in with the fact that, I've, that I'm me again, completely. And I can walk into an audition as Majid. And I think it just instantly makes me more authentic. Um, mm. Because before, you know, walking in as Luke Jurdy, nobody would ask questions about my name or you know where I'm from or my background or or anything like that and I'd kind of already started doing it with um, my directing work I was always magic as a director and immediately that opportunity came up to direct Give Me the Sun which was they were looking for Middle Eastern and North African creatives which was a fantastic experience because I'm meeting people that are like me and I closed myself off to those people before really um, because the opportunity wouldn't have come up to meet them because I I was Luke and kind of considered myself British and kind of actively pushed away the Iranian half of me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. How did it feel during that decade or so being Luke? It felt all right. Like, I think it's yeah. like one of those things where you're not you're not really fully considering it until mm. you've made that decision. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was kind of going through day to day, like, oh, I just don't feel like me. And, you know, because things, my career's always gone really well, um, you know, and I mean, I take a very positive outlook on things. Obviously, I've had I've had downtime where I haven't got anything and I've been out of work and and, and it's been it's been tricky. But I'm a, I'm a generally quite a happy person um, and a positive person. So career wise, it's been fairly successful as Luke and now as Majid. So you can't really pin down a, a decade-long feeling can you so I guess it was it, it was mixed but I hadn't fully considered it really and I guess I guess I started to as as the Black Lives Matter movement kind of took hold and in the wake of that there was a real push to you know encourage people to be who they are and to embrace who they are and where they're from and it's all okay and we are we're all different and we should embrace those differences I guess from there on, it's kind of been like a, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to yeah. me as well to be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, no, I'm mixed race. Whereas I mm-hmm. I would always say, well, no, I'm white. Okay. So because I'm white skinned, that's what I thought it was. I was just like, but that I'm white, I'm, I'm white skinned. So I'm white. So on a, on an equal opportunities form, I would say that I was white British. Well, we discussed this a few times in previous episodes on how right. 
race is is a made up thing, really. It's a it's a social construct. Yeah, and you are what people perceive you to be. So if people perceive you to be white, then it means you're being treated as a white person. You're probably experiencing white privilege, whether you're quote unquote white or not. If you look white, then that's how society's treating you. That's how you're making your way through life as a white person. So it makes sense what you're saying that you said, well, I am white. I look white. I, that's how I'm navigating life. And that's the kind of treatment I'm getting. Uh, if you look differently, people maybe would have interacted with you in a different way. I think you're absolutely right. And particularly being male as well, there's, there's a, an, an inevitable amount of privilege that comes with that. But you're absolutely right until I until you tell them your name. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then the questions start and then it's then it's different. Yeah. But on the on the surface, walking day to day through life, you're you're absolutely right. I remember having a conversation with my sisters about this. I've got two sisters, both younger than me. And they were saying, well, you're, you're not white. You're mixed race. I was like, no. And I just couldn't kind of. <laughs> and then as, as time's gone on, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, of course I am. When do you have that conversation with your sisters? Was it when you were a child? It was a few or? years ago. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember the, the year, but it was, it was a few years ago, probably pre-pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pre-George Floyd. Yeah. What was it like for you as a child, would you say, growing up? I mean, I know we're focusing on the industry and what it is to be an actor, but just wondered. Yeah, no. Um, difficult. Um when I was in Stevenage, so that's where it's North London, well, north of London, it's not London, but um, I kind of grew up there, which was a fairly multicultural, diverse place. Um, I remember the secondary school that I went to was, was pretty diverse. So I don't remember my name or where I was from being too much of an issue there. But then we moved to um, Derby when I was 12 to a really small town called Belper. And there was only one secondary school there. Stevenage has got like, I don't know, 20, 30, if not more, and really not diverse or multicultural at all. Mm-hmm. So it was a 12-year-old going to a new school, being called Majid. Um, it was very difficult. The minute you get into an argument with somebody or the minute that you rub someone up the wrong way, they bring up yeah. your heritage. Yeah. So there was yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot of that. Um, the, the easiest stab. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from being short. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that was, it, it was difficult at school and, and there was, but you know, there was lots happening at home as well. My parents split up when I was 12 as well. Oh, wow. I had a good relationship with my dad, but he's just absent. So already that's the, the half of me that is Iranian is kind of, mm-hmm. is kind of gone because he's not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. British stepdad comes in and we're in this new town and you know it's much easier to to not be half Iranian um so it probably all started from there really and kind of just carried on and on on. so I had a lot of kind of anger issues and problems because of what was going on in my family I think which I didn't kind of put two and two together at the time you don't when you're 12 years old yeah of course not and and sadly your parents don't either unless they're kind of clued up on Mm -hmm. those kinds of things um so yeah, so I'd kind of gone into this school with like a lot of bravado to protect myself in a way, um, which just completely backfired because 
you know, I'm short and can't fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was difficult. I, I would say. Did you ever feel like, oh, I wish I was someone else. I wish. I think I wished, I wished I was somewhere else rather than wishing I was some, I don't remember ever thinking I wish I was someone else. I just remember just being in fear a lot of the time at school because mm. there was always somebody that was either after me or wanted to wanted to fight me or that I'd had an argument and often it would be because of me and my big mouth um and how I was it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily that people were just picking on me it was more so that I was rubbing people up the wrong way mm -hmm. um I just remember being anxious a lot of the time about going out and seeing people that might beat me up mm. got in fights and things like that and assaulted a few times and so it was yeah it was it was tricky <laughs> it was survival mode yeah yeah it's amazing how you talk with so, so much awareness upon your reflection of you know being a child and putting those pieces of the puzzle together because I feel like I'm only just starting to do that now probably through doing this podcast and really diving into these topics Were you acting at that time when you were 12? Yeah, so I've always kind of done it. Um, once I went to Belper School, I didn't want to do it at school. Mm. So I was never in the school productions because I didn't want my friends to see me doing that. Why? So I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Well, I just was worried they'd take the mick, mm -hmm. I think. I think you do as a teenager, like a lot of a lot of teenagers do. You push away anything where you think might make you look remotely silly. Yeah. Um, so I didn't do I, I didn't want to be part of any school productions. I'd be part of the football team. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but I didn't want to be part of any of the plays. But what I did do was Derby Youth Theatre every week. So that was every Friday evening. So we went and did it was almost like this, you know, hilariously as other life yeah. Um, I'd just say to my friends, oh, I'm not around Friday because I do that um, acting thing each week. Just trying to play it down, yeah. yeah. Playing it down, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I did that most weeks when we were in Derby, which was brilliant, actually. I had a great experience for the most part. I feel like definitely in my life, but I, I've seen in other mixed people's lives, there's a little bit of this theme of like a fractured life there's these parts of you and they can't coexist sometimes you have to be one part of you gets to to be here and then another part of you is something else when you're in, in this room or that room you know um which made, made me think again about your those years when you went as Luke maybe one of the reasons that you're not quite sure how you felt about it is because we're so used to like kind of fitting in or, or blending in to an extent to our environment and that was fine you totally know how to to be Luke and be that part of yourself and it was only more recently that you suddenly ex was exploring this other side and saying you know what it's safe for me to bring all the parts together into one it wasn't safe when I was 12 but now I'm an adult and I get to choose And, and I feel like I'm still doing that. Again, like Amy was saying, this podcast is a part of that journey that I'm on. Have you felt that in your life? That, yeah, maybe. It's hard, isn't it, to kind of consider mm -hmm. something when yeah, you haven't thought about it enough. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so especially think, when it's about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think you're right. I mean, you're definitely right in what you're saying, and I think you can find positives out of out of every situation, can't you? Mm-hmm. So it was always like, well, being Luke, yeah, fed into that actor's side of me, where it's like, well, I'm almost I'm almost acting that I'm Luke and that I'm this person when I walk into an audition room. So it's that's exciting. And then and like when I got Hollyoaks, for instance, it was like I'm going to become more well known than I am currently. So that's good that people won't actually know that the real me is magic because that can be reserved for my friends and family and like people that know me in the industry can will just know me as Luke. So it's like, oh, that's quite a good thing, you Mm -hmm. know, whereas actually it's not because that's not (laughs) that's not who you are. Um, (laughs) I think you're right, Hanali. Yeah, definitely. I think once now I've made that change and it's just magic blanket magic in everything, all those parts of me are now one for sure and I think that's been a journey just over the years anyway just in self-development and yeah progressing as a person and just realizing like the true me which took a long time and I think that's is completely linked into identity and yeah n- not kind of being completely comfortable with with where you're from and and who you are and I guess yeah I guess it's similar for you in terms of you know, you've done it in different countries, let alone just being in, in one country. That must feel like you've kind of been pulled all over the place, right? Uh, Identity-wise. Yeah, I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. I think it's a lifetime's work. It, it really is. is. I think especially, I don't want to speak for everyone who's mixed, but I certainly feel that. And we've come across theories about being mixed race and how it does take a lifetime to kind of figure out your identity and 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 that there's no rules you know if five years from now you decide that you want to be Stephen <laughs> Stephen from Stevenage yeah Stephen from Stevenage <laughs> Have you ever Zoomed with your family in Iran? No. I remember speaking to my grandma on the phone when she'd call my dad and she'd speak. Obviously, she only speaks Farsi. You don't speak Farsi? No, no. Mm. Just because my dad never spoke it to us. So kind Mm. of taught us the very basics. But I just think, like, that would be such a gift as a child. Like, because, we, you know, we can pick up as babies, we pick up any language we want. So why not, oh, yeah. why not just speak? Why not just speak it to us? Then we'd have two languages. Yeah. But, um, I thought of learning Farsi from an actor's point of view. If you were to play a, a role that required some Farsi. I mean, I could do it phonetically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that with Hindi and then ended up have managing you? to speak it. Yeah. For um, a few films. I mean, I did live in India for a bit and I and I learned Hindi. I had a, a teacher that used to come and teach me like four or five times a week. But previously to that, my first film, I was literally given these words and I just learned it as if I was a, a child just learning sounds. Yeah, mm. and I spoke my lines like that. I did not do a good job. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Thanks for that confidence. Yeah, I'd, I'm not closed off to learning it. My, my sister started to learn it. She, mm. she, knows, she knows quite a bit, which is great. But it's funny, isn't it? Like, I think I would still feel like a fraud if I was to play an Iranian part where I'd have to speak fast because I'm like yeah. but I'm not but I'm not yeah, Iranian yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I know that I am. I know that I'm half Iranian, but I can play British parts all day long. I don't think I'm not, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like that about, about being, as an actor, I don't feel like that. Yeah. So it's funny, isn't it? Just thinking about it then I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't think, and I feel it now. Like even when I was directing that show, because it was the first time that I was amongst people that were, you know, not the first time, because I've got a re- really good half, you know, Maz, Amy. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's half Iranian. Yeah. Um, he's like one of my best friends. So it's not like I'm closed off to people, but Maz is similar to me. Um, Mum's English, dad's Iranian, similar backgrounds. But then when I was directing the show and speaking to the actors or whoever, and they were talking about the culture and things like that, I just did, I felt completely disconnected because I don't know. Yeah. And they'd say to they'd say to me things like, "Oh, do you get this magic? Or do you do you know about this magic? Or have you done this?" And I'd be like, "No, no, I haven't." Or, or like, "Have you heard of this person or this Iranian?" But oh, I should introduce you to this person. And it was they were much more kind of connected within the world of like Middle Eastern creatives. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just still just not really. So mm. I think there's there's still that element of like, is that me? And of, of course it is. I know that it is, but I feel like maybe. I just I haven't like engaged with that side of me enough but I feel like there isn't ways that you have to be or should be you know and I feel like every every mixed person we talk to is completely different they have their own stories they identify differently internally and that's fine like there's no rule like oh you have to go and explore that side of yourself you know mm. yeah it's a really good point yeah, you are where you're at and that's okay. And and maybe, yeah, maybe in 10 years, you, you will be way more connected with that side of yourself. Maybe you'll if be you farther away. Be. Yeah. Um, I, I relate to you saying feeling like a fraud if you were to play an Iranian character. I feel that way about if I were to play like a fully Japanese character and have to speak Japanese. I, I tell Amy often, like, I might as well be Russian or Chinese or, or any other, like, <laughs> it's completely... Yeah. But, yeah, I hear that. So then what what's the castings you usually get? I mean, a, a range really, uh, mainly British characters. There's been a couple of, um, of of Middle Eastern parts, but again, I always just think, well, they're not going to cast me. I don't look Middle Eastern at all. Which again, what is that even? Yeah, no. exactly, exactly. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You don't right. fit the stereotype of a Middle no, Eastern person. No, exa- exactly right. And I think being part of an industry where those stereotypes have been kind of played out a lot. Yeah. That's probably what makes you feel feel that way, maybe. Definitely, I think so. But yeah, mainly mainly British American parts, pretty much all white. Although although most castings now are um are kind of open to to all um yeah exactly Is that what yeah, it says? yeah yeah on a, on well, a lot a lot of them say that yeah not not all of course but I think it's yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen one for a while which says we're looking for, for a white. No. I know you already said you would feel like a fraud if you were to play a character that's Iranian. How would you feel if you were asked to do an accent? I mean, fine. I feel strange about it. Do you? When they ask me to do an accent, I almost feel like I'm being racist or something. You know, it, it feels strange to me because I don't speak the language. So... It's like someone is saying to me, oh, can you do an, in- an Indian accent? <laughs> it's mm. the same distance for me in a way. Yeah, I know what you mean. Cause I, know, I know my friend who's half Saudi mm-hmm. and half British. I think my friend 
I hope I'm not speaking for him, but I think he would say this. And he he gets put up for a lot of Asian roles or has been put up for a lot of Asian roles. And I think he would feel the same about doing, say, a Pakistani accent. That's what, that's what I find interesting as, as well, is that despite the fact, like for someone like Maz, who I spoke about earlier, who's also half Iranian, but his skin tone is darker than mine, we'll have had totally different experiences, despite the fact that we're made up of exactly yeah. the same components of half yeah, yeah, British, yeah, half yeah. Iranian. Yeah, and even within a family, the siblings could have yeah. completely different experiences, even with the same parents. Yeah, um, but I, I think, yeah. yeah, doing an Iranian accent, I'd feel okay about, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel okay if that's what the casting is asking. I'm not saying they shouldn't have roles that, that ask for that. I just feel sometimes strange sure. about me being the person doing it because yeah, I, I feel a little bit, it's a stretch, but because I physically look like it's not, you know, mm -hmm. they're fine with it. But internally I feel like, oh my gosh, you're asking me to do something. Do you that know I... what? I think if, if I hadn't have lived in India, I would feel exactly the same way as you do, yeah. do about doing an Indian accent. Because I have lived in India, I kind of feel like I have so stupid but I feel like I have the right you have permission to do it. I have yeah. I've given myself permission to do it but it is a bit silly because I am already half Indian so my experience has given me the permission in my mind yeah. to do it have you ever experienced any struggles or advantages due to being mixed in the industry I don't know, really. I mean, I think especially because it's only recently that I'm Majid. Mm -hmm. I think what was interesting is that when I got the shape of things, I was having a conversation with Carla, who's also in the cast. She's mixed race. And um, we were having a conversation about just, you know, heritage and experience and things like that. And she mentioned that a friend of a friend had wanted to go for the part that I got. And then when they saw that I'd been casted in that part, they said, oh, it's, oh, he's Iranian. So they were implying that the reason that I got the part was because I was Iranian. Really? So I thought that was oh really, and what's, but what's brilliant about that is that I've experienced both sides of it. I was successful as Luke and I'm successful as Majid. And now that I'm successful as Majid, <laughs> there's the odd person, not everyone I'm sure is, is, is going to think, Oh, well, the reason he's got that is because mm -hmm. it's because he's changed his name and it's because he's <laughs> it's mm -hmm. because he's Iranian and he ticks a box. So I thought that was really interesting. I thought it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm okay with that, but then I felt quite upset about it. So of course. Yeah. Because it's almost just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? It's like, well hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I actually suit the part. Yeah, I was doing all right before. Like oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> um so yeah I guess that would be the first instance really I thought oh okay so it begins so I think that happens in the industry so much it's mm -hmm. so easy and this is what I say to my students I said do not don't go out into the industry and be one of those bitter actors that blames everything else on the fact that they're not working I said don't be that person 
because it's not it's not going to help anybody this negative self-talk and negative talk about other people and constantly finding these reasons why it's so easy to go well that person got that part because they're mixed race mm-hmm. or that person got that part because they're black like it's so easy to say that and creating this narrative that everybody's out to get to get you yeah. because you're because you're white <laughs> like it's yeah. just not it's not the case like you still turn on the tv and the majority of the characters on screen are white mm. still so i know oh my god is it the work's just... out there <laughs> like it is. you don't need to worry we just people are getting a little bit more of a fairer shot yeah mm. that reminds me of this actress that I, I hung out with a little bit a couple of years ago and i was like oh so how's it going and she'd be like, oh, you know, work's like dried up. I mean, I've got bl- blonde hair and blue eyes. So do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm you like, say that to you. Yeah, but and I'm like, I don't know what awareness. to say. <laughs> yes. The lack of awareness is incredible. Mm. Yeah. I know, but I'm so glad that you're saying that to your students because it's so important. Mm. Yeah, it is really important. And, you know, I, a majority of them, I don't need to say that to, you know, because they've, they've got their heads screwed on. And, yeah. and I do feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is positivity and, and hope and progression in the industry. Mm. But it's very, very easy, particularly when the industry is so difficult to navigate as an actor to get work. It's yes. so easy to fall into that. Like, well, the reason I'm not getting stuff is because of this and because of that, and because of this other person. It's like, it might not be yeah Mm. did you ever feel self-conscious when you were getting started in acting having your name did you ever feel subconsciously that you did need to work a bit harder I don't think so because of how presented yeah I mean and, and again I changed it as I was graduating from drama school so it was more like when I got when I had that conversation with that with the older actor it was just like and, and everybody agreed it wasn't it's, you know, it's not his fault but yeah, he's just yeah. the person that said it it's like I'd really think about changing your name because you're going to really you're going to confuse casting directors they're going to expect one thing and then you're going to walk through the door and it'll be an entire it's an entirely different thing and everyone agreed at the time so it, it made complete sense I was like oh yeah no that does make sense that does make sense yeah mm. to change to change your name so it was that that pressure I guess was where I felt that I needed to I needed to change it in order to be successful because as magic I wouldn't be successful. There's this um, article from uh, the Wildcat Tribune, and they I just want to read this little section from there talking about yeah that undercurrent that message that we're getting from the industry that you're better off changing your name if if it's out of the ordinary. It's written by Ria Master. It came out April. 2022, and it's titled How Ethnic Actors Changing Their Names Perpetuates Hollywood's Racism. She writes, Whitewashing is simply the elimination or replacement of people of color with white characters. However, it can be broadened to include the general preference towards white actors. This has resulted in ethnic actors or those that belong to minority subgroups that vary in culture changing their names to fit the expectations Western media has upheld in order to get jobs. So just talking about how this has just been this ongoing thing, and obviously people change their names for a million reasons. Amy didn't change her name to get more work. Yeah. Um, 
you had your whole backstory and, and influences and stuff, but there is also that undercurrent message coming from Western media saying, yeah, you're better off. You're probably going to work more. You're more likely to be successful if... Oh, it was, I mean, also with the, because I got a little bit of backlash on Instagram when I changed it from Amrit to Amy. And, you know, again, it wasn't just the name that I plucked out of the sky. Like it was the nickname that my parents gave me. But a few comments were things like, oh, you're turning your back on your Asian, your Indian heritage. Um, you're just, you're trying to identify with your white side more now that you're living in LA. You're trying to be all white and stuff. And, I mean, I think that just goes to show that there is that whitewashing or that mentality of like being white is equals more work or is better or yeah. So I guess the majority of it was support, but then there there was also those comments. And then I also some like a person who actually knows me asked me if I was having a midlife crisis. I mean, I know she was joking, but. To me, yeah. it wasn't a joke. No, of course not. Because and, and for me, it wasn't about going from ethnic minority to a British sounding name. I was literally like, this is this is how I identify. This cadence of this name feels more like me. Did you know <laughs> um, that the actor Sir Ben Kinsley was born Krishna Krish Pandit Banji? He's of Indian and English descent. And um, I have here a little quote uh, from... Uh, interview he did in 2016 for Radio Times where he said as soon as I changed my name I got the jobs and then later he said but the irony is of course I changed my clunky invented Asian name to a more pronounceable and acceptable universal name in order to play Mahatma Gandhi there's your irony yeah that is (laughs) ironic isn't it again he changed his name years ago different times I just want to put out there that there's no right way to do this if you decide to change your name or rechange it or reclaim it or or change it many or, times yeah or and don't change in, it in, in whatever direction you're changing it to the you know a minority culture or to the more white sounding or christian sounding name each person has their own journey and their own story and we can't yeah, judge them for yeah. what they're doing we were doing a little bit of research and amy found um this amazing bill of rights that was written by one of the mothers of critical mixed race studies, Maria Primitiva Pazrut. Um, she wrote this in 1993 for people of mixed heritage. Uh, shall we read it? Let's read it. Mm. I have the right not to justify my existence in this world, not to keep the races separate within me, not to justify my ethnic legitimacy, not to be responsible for people's discomfort with my physical or ethnic ambiguity. I have the right to identify myself differently than strangers expect me to identify, to identify myself differently than how my parents identify me, to identify myself differently than my brothers and sisters, to identify myself differently in different situations. I have the right to create a vocabulary to communicate about being multiracial or multi-ethnic, to change my identity over my lifetime and more than once, to have loyalties and identification with more than one group of people, to freely choose whom I befriend and love. 
It feels so good. It does. I found that yesterday and immediately sent it to my brother and um, we'll be putting it on my screen saver. Mm. It's really poignant and great. I love the identity section. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, me too. It's good chatting to you both. Particularly what's hit home for me is that it's okay to be kind of whoever you want to be. And obviously that's, I know that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good to be reminded of those things. So yeah. I think I think there's a tendency sometimes for me to be like, to want to fit into certain to a certain thing. It's like, like what I was saying earlier about, you know, I, I should be more connected to the Iranian side or I shouldn't be, or I should be more like this or I should be more like that. And actually it's like, well, no, it's just, it's all good, however you are. Madge, thank you so much for coming to speak to us today. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yes, we've loved catching up. Thank you so much for listening and being here with us. If you like this episode, please subscribe. Please share it with your friends and family. We would very much appreciate it. And if you'd like to share any stories of your own, we would absolutely love to hear. Please write into us. Our email address and contacts and socials and stuff are all in the show notes. And And have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by us. Music is by Matthias Kunzli.